Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say we have Lisa today, who's a digital consultant. How are you doing, Lisa? Good, Tom. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Lisa, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your career to date? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, Tom, thanks so much for having me today on the show. Um, I'm delighted to be here and chat with you. Um, So I'll tell you a little bit about my career. Um, When I finished school, I went to Limerick Institute of Technology and I actually did my degree in software development. So I went off to college in 98 And if you guys remember, it wasn't probably the great time for IT. Um, Everybody was getting ready for the crash of 2000. So when I finished college, there wasn't too many IT jobs out there. A lot of the graduate programs and things like that didn't run that year. Um, However, I guess one of the huge positives of doing my degree in programming was it allowed me to really understand processes and have that logical thought process, I guess, of breaking things down into smaller chunks and all of that, um, which kind of stayed with me throughout my career. So once I finished my degree, then my other passion was travel. Um, So I spent a lot of time traveling um, in America, Australia, Asia, and as probably most people know, the easiest jobs to get when you're traveling tend to be sales jobs. So I moved into more doing sales roles over the next couple of years while I was traveling. Um, And then I relocated back to the west of Ireland in Mayo then and joined a technology company called CMS Distribution based in Mayo. I spent 17 fantastic years working with CMS Um, started off in sales, sales management and moved my way up over those 17 years. And then finally, when I finished with them, I was actually head of their support function. Um, CMS had grown immensely over that time to become a global company. Um, So most of my experience was actually um, working with them over those years um, during different acquisitions and growth periods and things like that. Um, and I would have managed a number of different support functions. So finance, customer service, sales, purchasing over that time. Um, so that had been the majority of my career up until COVID. Um, and then I guess COVID brought a lot of changes for a lot of people. Um, and I was one of them. I made a decision that I didn't want to come out of COVID the same way I went in. And I turned 40 during COVID as well. Um, So I felt it was time to try and do something new. I felt if I didn't try and branch out and start my own company now, that I might never do it. So, um, yes, I left my role and I um, started my own digital consulting company, Enhanced Consulting. So, yes, that's what I've been doing now for the last... 18 months is developing my own digital consulting company. Love it. And 
Lisa, obviously digital consulting cap covers several areas, but what do you see as your main strength nowadays and how can you help maybe some of our listeners? Yeah, so as you said, I think at the moment, you know, the word digital is is thrown about there a lot. It's a real buzzword and it is kind of, well, what does it mean? Because it does have lots of different meanings to different businesses because, you know, businesses are on their own digital journey and that journey could be different um, across every business. So where I mostly work um, is in the place of trying to digitize processes. So it's working with a business, first of all, to say, okay, what technology systems do we have in place, if any, at the moment? So what's our sort of digital maturity level? And outside of that, then it's going, well, how well are these systems working for us? You know, are they integrated together? Are they talking to each other? Do we still have a lot of paper-based or time-consuming processes in there as well? And then it's working with that company to come up with a digital plan to how we can improve those processes using their current technologies in place or investing in newer technologies as well. Brilliant. And can you give an example of maybe in your recent work of, campaign or some work that you've done that you deem really successful and you're really happy with yeah um and it and it's funny because you know as part of one of the great things about my role is I get to go around and meet so many of these fantastic businesses that we have in Ireland um and you get to see most of the businesses do have the same issues You know, so most businesses are facing the same issues. And that's one thing I'd say to business owners. You know, you may think that it's just you that might not have your data to hand or you might be still using a lot of paper. It's it's the same in a lot of businesses. I go into some businesses and they could have invested heavily in an ERP system and they're still using paper or they've still got repeated processes happening. You know, so it's not always that combination of just technology on its own that's going to fix the problem for you. You have to look at the process and you have to look at the people as well. And it's kind of a combination of the three together. So getting the right culture fit, getting the right training in place in terms of the organisation, Um And then obviously getting your processes defined, people trained up correctly on them. And then finally, the technology is like the icing on the cake to getting it right. Um, So just in terms of an example of what I had recently, which was fantastic for both me and the company I was working with, they had come to me and they were looking to digitize a process. So They had a paper-based process and they were looking to actually put it onto a digital platform of some kind. And this company has a number of people that work on the roads and they do various work and they are filling in health and safety forms when they're out on these jobs. They are also um, getting information about maybe what stock to use when they're out on these jobs and how to carry out the job in particular. So what they were doing in the office was they were printing what they referred to as their job packs. So they had somebody in the office printing out a job pack and handing them out on a Monday to the guys that would come into the office and the guys would hold on to them job packs all week, travel around the country and do the jobs and fill in the job packs as they went. Now, 
as you can probably see, there's a couple of challenges to doing that. One, they don't have the data back in the office until the following week because it's all on a paper based. And secondly, when it's just a paper form and people can write in whatever they may like, you end up with inconsistencies in your data as well, because you just have general user error with smell, spelling mistakes and things like that. Um, and people's perceptions may be a different also. So there was those issues that when those forms were coming back to the office, the data wasn't exactly great. And of course, then it meant somebody in the office had to fax them, uh, sorry, scan them in, um, save them or, you know, even type the information up into a spreadsheet. So we had to look at how we could possibly digitize this process for them. And they were using a CRM system that could be adapted to accommodate the process. But of course, you know, what I've found recently is software subscriptions have become a little bit like our television charges. You know, we used to just pay for, you know, Sky possibly. And now how many television subscriptions do you have, Tom? Do you know in terms of you may be paying for Netflix, you may be paying for Amazon Prime, Sky, you know, and suddenly it's costing you quite a lot of money to um, watch television on a monthly basis. And I think that that is becoming the same situation for some businesses because there's some fantastic, you know, um, cloud software as service technologies out there that do certain things. So you could maybe start purchasing a number of licenses to do all these different things. And then when you add them up, it does become quite costly. So when we were looking at the best way to put in a solution, um, when I was working with this company, I did look at what current software they were using. And as part of that, this company did obviously have, which most companies do, they had the Microsoft small business licenses because most people purchase them because we use Outlook, we use PowerPoint, we use Microsoft Word, we use Excel. We use all those technologies, uh, sorry, all those applications that we're very familiar with. But Microsoft has really upped their game in the last couple of years. And as part of those licenses, they now have um, some other applications that they refer to as their power platform. SharePoint, most people are kind of familiar with SharePoint because I think they moved a lot to the cloud now, obviously, with COVID and things like that. But there's two other fantastic products. sorry, two other fantastic programs as part of that, and that is Power Automate and Power Apps. And they're included as part of the license the company already had. So um, I decided to actually develop the apps for them that they needed um, to digitize these forms using the Power App platform. Um, And then we make the data go back to a SharePoint site where everybody can access it. It, It's all in the cloud. Um, And it was a fantastic um, solution for them to implement because, you know, the, the cost to the business was a lot lower because in this case, the majority of people already had these licenses and they were paying for them. And the other thing as well is because it was a combination of different data, 
um, you can pull them all together. So, you know, into that SharePoint site. So whether, as I said, it be Excel or whether it be the digital form coming in, you know, everything could be housed in one place now. Um, so that was that was a real successful project. So suddenly that paper-based um, process was completely and utterly digitized and using all current technologies that the business already had. That's brilliant. Lisa, that's some fantastic advice there. Um, yeah, I don't know where to start. Uh, I, I suppose the big thing, just for anyone listening, uh, ERP is Enterprise Resource Planning. And Lisa, you've done, you've explained clearly how you can optimize an internal practices. Uh, I suppose to focus on yourself for a second, is there any softwares that you use that helps with your line of work? Um, well, I, I would, you know, let's say when I go into a company, you know, I would obviously use, um, a couple of different ones. So I tend to use Visio for my process mapping. That's Microsoft Visio. I do use that. So when I'm doing my process mapping out, that is the tool I'd like to use. There is another great tool as well called Miro, um, that, I use as well, um, especially if I'm kind of trying to come up with ideas or innovative things like that, I would use that. I do all my presentations in Canva. I don't know whether you're familiar with Canva, Tom, already, um, but I would use yeah, Canva yeah. quite a lot, and I do find that a fantastic tool as well. Um, so I would use that mostly now to create even my consultants' reports and things like that. Yeah, that's a fantastic suggestion. And yeah, and everyone always thinks of Canva for designs and, and templates for social media. But of course, presentations, planning is another aspect of it that's probably underutilized. Um, away from, and Lisa, is there anywhere you look for new insights or information? Um, I, I have to say, I do find LinkedIn fantastic. I do. You know, when you can try and get through some of the more irrelevant things that can come up. But I do find that there's some good discussion points or articles that appear every so often. Um, I think it's the Harvest, Harvard Business Review. I always find their articles and blog posts very good and informative. So I probably would find that I would get most of my information on new technologies out there, to be honest, off LinkedIn. Um, I would be a fan of LinkedIn learning as well. I think there's some good stuff up there. Um, so I have used LinkedIn learning as well. Um, so yeah, I would find that that is where I do get most of my information these days. Which nicely leads on to my next question, which is, is there any particular areas you're looking to upskill into yourself and why? Well, as I said, the new Microsoft products have really excited me recently and the potential of them is, is fantastic. You know, so the potential of Power Apps and Power Automate is great. Um, I, I do would like to upskill on the Power BI side of things because I think that's the next piece um, for me in terms of being able to offer um, the perfect solution to my clients is, is being able to really generate those fantastic reports and Power BI obviously enables you to do that. So that's definitely an area um, that I would like to upskill in for myself. 
in that side of things. Um, what you find is because technology has changed so fast as well, you're forever learning. You've got to have that growth mindset, I think, if you want to be a digital consultant or play in the digital space because it changes so fast. Um, so you've got to be very curious because there is always a way to do it. You just might have to do a lot of Googling and watching a lot of YouTube clips to get there. Um, but it is constantly changing as well. So I think the growth mindset is hugely important. I think one of the big takings from this particular episode is you identifying such a key area of Microsoft and, and kind of, it sounds like you're planning on doubling down in that area. But is there anywhere else in the digital industry that really excites you that you're looking forward to or any kind of innovations that are coming? Um, one of the reasons that we we came back to the west of Ireland after spending a lot of years traveling is my husband um, has a family run business here. So one of the decisions that we came back to the west was obviously for him to move into the businesses and they're obviously fin footwear um he has shoe shops and it's funny because as part of technology as well you know they over the years as we've seen retail has changed rapidly you know with this whole movement to online and people buying online so about seven years ago my husband had decided that he wanted to move online. Um, and like for so many businesses, it's a massive investment web designers um, for them. And at the time I had said to him, all right, I can figure it out. Sure, I'm sure I can think of how to do a website, you know, sort of thing. Um, and of course, then we stumbled across Shopify at the time. Again, it's this whole sort of, I guess, nearly local, no code idea of a platform. And from that, we we developed finfootwear.com ourselves. Um, again, that was fantastic because it suddenly meant for a smaller retailer, you know, you've got to be focused on your cost to serve. And, and using a platform like Shopify, it doesn't mean you need a huge investment or an outlay to create a website. So that was a big one for us seven years ago. And it's funny because COVID then, you know, it meant that a lot of retailers had to escalate moving online. Um, and it'd be interesting to see the trends in the next couple of years, because for some of those businesses, you know, that have heavily invested during COVID on the online side of things, you know, as we've moved back into doing the mixture, the hybrid model of, of going back to the shops and still shopping online, you know, it's going to be really important as to how um, customer, how businesses keep their customers buying online as well. So Shopify was a huge digital platform um, for Finfootwear setting up their website and and it was fantastic. It was it was the survival for them during COVID, obviously, as well um, on that one. Um, I mean like ERP is still obviously a huge um, area for businesses as well. And there's so many ERPs out there at the moment. It's unbelievable. Um, so I definitely think that side of things, 
I really love this concept at the moment. It's more so a concept, I guess, than a technology. And it's around this citizen development that they're trying to encourage in businesses. So this is where even though you may not have a background in programming, it's trying to create subject matter experts in in your business that can self-serve. You know, so it's there's so many of these fantastic low-code, no-code technologies out there, which Power Apps is. You're seeing it as well, obviously, in the web design side of things now with the likes of Shopify and some of them. Um, And what they are allowing businesses to do is suddenly create, you know, solutions for themselves. So I think that is is a really exciting prospect for the future is that, you know, the combination of trying to train people up um, to be subject matter experts and and create nearly like this model of citizen development within organisations will really help them um, continue to improve their processes into the future. So as businesses change and adapt, that you are able to self-serve, that, that would be a, a huge area of interest for me and where I like to work with my clients is you know absolutely I can come in and do a lot of the heavy lifting but it's making sure that at the end of the relationship that they are able to self-serve themselves as well to a certain extent. What a fantastic response Lisa. Um, It's a shame I'm leading up to the last question here but we do always end the show asking the same one which is If you could bottle up one personality trait that you have yourself, Lisa, and you could pass on to others, what would it be? Um, I, I think the biggest thing is probably to, you know, be curious um definitely be curious ask the questions all the time be open to that sort of learning as I said I believe that you can achieve anything if you put your mind to it and I've kind of found myself over the last couple of years I've kind of you know exceeded my own expectations at times um because I just kept going kept being determined and just don't give up don't give up even if you don't have a plan at the moment then just let it go it, it will fall into place yeah their path will appear um lisa that's it thanks so much for being interviewed but if people wanted to touch base with you or find out more about you or your consultancy company how can they get in touch Yeah, absolutely. So you guys can find me on LinkedIn, obviously. My profile's up there. Um, I do have my own um, website. So it's www.enhanceconsulting.com. I do an awful lot of work for a fantastic company in Limerick called LBS Partners. Um, And they are obviously experts in the lean space and in manufacturing. So I work extremely closely with them on the digital side. Um, So for anybody can reach out via LBS partners as well. Um, And that and you can find me that way. Love it. Thank you so much for being on the show, Lisa. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Thanks, Tom, for having me.